Hey, you're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in and around the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles throughout the week. And then we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. My name is Ryan Chase. I'm one of the pastors at Emmaus Road. And in this episode of Make and Multiply, I want to talk about the structure and the logistics of discipleship huddles. Why do we structure huddles the way that we do? Colin Marshall, in his book, The Trellis and the Vine, talks about how gospel ministry always involves two kinds of work. There's trellis work and there's vine work. So the trellis is the structure that vines grow on. Vine work is the organic growth and the fruitfulness and the productivity that happens. And we recognize that God alone can cause that kind of growth. And that's the growth that we want to see. The trellis just gives the the structure for that to happen. Um, So there are lots of ways to structure gospel ministry and disciple making and multiplying environments. But we want a structure that is helpful to multiplying disciples, not burdensome or cumbersome. And one of our main concerns is a trellis or a structure that is easily reproducible because our mission is not only to make disciples, but to multiply disciples. And we believe that every disciple is to be a maker of more disciples. And those disciples are called to make more disciples Then the structure that we operate in should assist the multiplication. So there are structures out there that are not easy to reproduce. They are more cumbersome, a structure that requires a great number of paid staff or uh, large venues or lots of money and time. That's not easy for everyday disciples of Jesus to replicate. Those kinds of ministries and programs can be fruitful in the the vine sense, real fruit can grow in those contexts, they're just not easy to multiply. So we want a structure that everyday disciples of Jesus Christ can multiply wherever they are, because we believe that disciples are made and multiplied in the context of everyday life. We want a structure that can happen anywhere at any time. So we recognize that there is going to be no fruitfulness, no organic growth apart from the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus is central. His spirit present with us, his word opened up and read and believed. That is how growth happens. But then there is a a logistical side to our disciple making, because whenever you have people, they're going to meet in a certain place at a certain time, And that group is going to function in certain ways. And so that's the trellis side of things. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about in this episode, beginning with how many people should be in a discipleship huddle. Our recommendation is that huddles ideally consist of three people. There are times when they might have two and they're looking to add a third. There might be times when that huddle grows to four or five. We always say if your huddle has six people, you're probably on the verge of multiplying into two groups of three. So there are trellises or disciple-making models out there that revolve around one-on-one discipleship or one-on-one accountability. And maybe you've participated in something like that and benefited from it. It's not wrong. Uh, Here's why we prefer three people instead of two. A group of three is more dynamic 
and there's more participation and interaction, it's, it's much more difficult for one person to dominate the conversation when there are three people involved. And when there are three, then you always have two listeners, two sets of ears filtering what's said, processing what's said, uh, prayerfully considering how to respond, uh, what gospel truth or scripture to point somebody to. There are always then, this is maybe one of the biggest things in my mind, there are always two people bearing the burden of caring for a third person. In a one-on-one environment, it's much more easy for that dynamic to become one where uh, one person is bringing all of the need and the other person is attempting to bring all of the care, and that can lead to, to burnout and exhaustion. But in a group of three, everybody's burdens are being shouldered by at least two other people, and that helps prevent that kind of burnout. So we prefer three over two, and we prefer three over larger groups, although most of our huddles probably are in that three to five range. If you're in a group larger than three, you probably find that it's a little bit more difficult to get to everybody in one huddle gathering, or it takes a long time if you're actually giving everybody time to talk about areas of unbelief and idols and uh, personal struggles, things that are actually going on in their everyday life. So a group of three helps keep that time much more reasonable and manageable, gives everybody time to talk. Uh, A group of three is more difficult to hide in. If you're in a group of four or five, it might be easier just to come and, and watch and not say anything. But in a group of three, you're probably not going to be able to last very long before somebody looks at you and says, what do you think? What's going on in your life? So That's why we value that size of a group. Another logistical question is, who should the discipleship huddle consist of? Who who do I huddle with? A couple things that guide our thinking here. We want huddles to primarily be organized out of missional communities. Missional communities, we define those as gospel communities on mission. And those are uh, larger groups but we want to be going deeper in community with the people that we are also in a missional community with. So rather than trying to cultivate a different set of relationships outside of that missional community, we want to encourage everybody who's in an MC to cultivate deeper relationships with a few people within that same MC. Now, this doesn't always happen if we multiply a missional community. You might keep meeting with people that you were in the old MC with for a period of time until you get into a new rhythm, that's perfectly fine. But as much as possible, we want to be huddling with people that we are in a missional community with. We always require that huddles uh, are of the same gender, so men meet with men, women meet with women. And um, while we don't strictly enforce this, uh, it is our preference that people participating in huddles would be members of Emmaus Road Church. There's just a deeper level of accountability when people have made a commitment to this covenant community. They're willing to follow the the direction of the church as a whole, submit to church discipline. And because huddles are the deepest place of accountability and vulnerability and one another care, we want to know each other and and have that level of trust with one another. How often should a discipleship huddle meet and where? We recommend that huddles meet weekly rather than bi-weekly or, or once a month. The where part is one of the things that we love about the ease of multiplying the huddle structure. You can really meet anywhere. You can meet in a, a living room or a basement. You can meet in a boardroom or a coffee shop. It doesn't really matter. It's easy to multiply and take with you wherever you go. The one consideration about where you meet is simply finding a place that is relatively free from distraction and a place where people are comfortable sharing openly 
and honestly. So someplace where everybody feels comfortable. What about the the leadership of discipleship huddles? The nature of group dynamics is such that every group is just naturally going to require somebody to do the organizing, uh, set the time and place where the group is going to gather, and then during that gathering, just keep the group focused. So a lot of huddles function in a way where it's much more like a group of peers together, and that's perfectly fine. We often talk about the huddle leader more as the huddle facilitator. It's the person who just facilitates the group and makes sure that the group is staying on focus. And that person is the one who is probably going to be in communication with the missional community leader. And so we see every missional community leader as providing shepherding and care and oversight to the whole MC. And part of that means just being aware of who's in a huddle with who and how are those groups doing. So if you're in a huddle and you have any questions or any concerns, the first place to go would be to your missional community leader. And if necessary, your MC leader will talk to the elders in the church. And if you feel like there's some counseling need that comes up in a huddle that's just beyond the the resources of the other people in the huddle, we are more than willing to get involved with that. So the MC leader is also providing some degree of pastoral care and shepherding oversight for all of those huddles. One recommendation for every huddle, we want these to be a place where disciples are multiplied. And a great way to do that is to give every participant in the huddle numerous opportunities to practice facilitating the huddle because everybody should be thinking someday I'm going to be leading my own group, facilitating my own group because I'm going to be making and multiplying disciples. So everybody in the huddle should be able to lead a group of two other people through the process of hearing and obeying God's word, repenting and believing, planning and praying. So if you're a huddle leader, talk with the other members in your group about that and maybe just divide up and assign who's going to facilitate each week so that each person gets practice leading the group through that entire process. Uh, Another logistical question, what about the process of growing and multiplying, transitioning a group? We certainly hope that huddles form deep and lasting relationships. We also realize that seasons of life change and people's availability changes. Sometimes a group might stagnate or people might lose interest. And so transition occurs. Missional communities multiply and then you have to shift. Or maybe you've added people gradually to your huddle and you have five or six people and you're ready to to make a second group. There really isn't a formula to how we transition and multiply huddles. It's just a matter of attentiveness to the needs of the group and the people in the group. It's a a matter of commitment from every member of the group to operate with grace and care for every other and just dealing with all of those things sensitively. If your group is at a point where either it's growing and it's productive and it needs to multiply or it's just kind of stagnating, talk to your missional community leader about that or let me know. We'd love to help you with that process so that everybody walks through that in a gracious way. One last thing about logistics. How do you form a group if you're launching a missional community? Our recommendation is that early on you, t- you give every person in the group the opportunity to share their personal redemptive story. We like the appendix in the Discipleship Huddle Guide called Telling Your Story with Jesus as the Hero. That's Appendix 1. And our recommendation would be that you assign every person in your group to read through that and then to prepare a 10 to 15 minute version of their personal redemptive story. And as you do that, everybody should be familiar with Appendix 2, which is called Listening for the Heart, and that will help the members of your group listen with gospel fluency. We want to be listening to how people talk, how they tell their stories, because our stories and our language are often filled with clues as to what our hearts are 
trusting in, hoping for, desiring, believing about God and about ourselves and about our circumstances. Remember, our goal in huddles is always to to know each other deeply enough to know where each person most needs the truth of the gospel so that we can apply the gospel with great care to one another's lives. And so we want to listen and and just launching a huddle. That's how we recommend every huddle begins as a way to get to know each other more deeply, sharing your personal story. Even if you've done that in a missional community context, it's a great idea to do it with your huddle, maybe sharing even a little bit more in depth with more vulnerability so that you can care for one another uh, with greater effectiveness. So those are some of the logistical, structural things. Again, it's Jesus Christ, his person and his work, his spirit present in us that gives the organic growth, the fruitfulness and produces righteousness in us. The structure, we're not absolute or dogmatic about this because it just gives structure to that growth, but we do find this to be a beneficial structure that simply aids that growth that the Spirit of Jesus is working in us by His grace. Hey, thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, please email me at ryan at EmmausRoadSF.com. And if you're not currently part of a huddle or MC, let me know and I would love to help you get connected.